are going to have today's reading, which is from Matthew, chapter 28, starting from verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Thanks be to God. This is one of the greatest events in the Christian calendar as we celebrate and rejoice that the Lord indeed is risen and we can experience his grace and his presence with us. I hope the hall will soon settle down. It's it's a bit like um, in our house we have upstairs a digital radio and downstairs it isn't. And if you've got a digital radio, there's a delay and you're often not sure which one you're listening to when you're um, stuck in between. Well, here we are. This is our Easter service. It's good to be here. We're celebrating that the Lord is risen. Three days that shook the world. Three momentous days. What I'd like us to do now with the time that we have, and indeed the children are staying in, and if some of them feel they want a little breath of fresh air, if you want to take them out, bring them back in, that's good, and we shall finish uh, in good time. Let me begin and take you back to 1962 on New Year's Day. It was a mistake that would cost them millions of pounds. A group of very scruffy, overconfident boys with guitars produced a demo tape and gave it to a man by the name of Mr. Dick Rowe. He was a producer of Decca Records. He listened to the tapes and said to these overconfident boys that guitars and bands are finished. They've had their day. So the band of hopefuls, undaunted, went to George Martin, Mr. Martin, producer of EMI. He reacted completely different. Couldn't be more 
different to these boys. These boys, by the way, who called themselves by a strange name, they said, we are Beatles. It wasn't very impressive at the time in 1962. But within two years, within two years, John, George, Paul, Ringo had multiple charts and had such an impact in the UK and indeed throughout the whole world, what became known, of course, as Beatlemania. Martin found himself part of the biggest music story of all time. Helen, even greater than the sound of music. Where are you? I know. How's that for a coup? Now, since then, it's hard to know, but certainly over a billion uh, records of the Beatles have been produced. Chances are most of us have something in CD or tape in our homes. Decca and their decision cost them millions. EMI's decision made them millions. In a way, it is but an illustration of people's reaction today to the resurrection. There's no in-between, maybe or perhaps, either he is or he isn't. Either this Jesus is alive or he isn't. Like somebody said to me recently in the course of a discussion, you can't be half pregnant. You're either one or the other. You're either alive or not. Jesus is alive. That's the whole theme of the service that we've been looking at uh, this morning. And what I'd like to do now with that sort of illustration, lead you into the first Easter. Easter is impossible? Well, it depends on your perspective. I hope you're not going to lose out. So come with me for this first Easter morning, these three sentences, as was read to us by Nathan. The first is this, the women thought, genuinely thought, that Jesus was dead. And if you had been to a crucifixion, you would believe that too. They had left the cross, they waited until the right time to embalm the body of Jesus. They came with oil and spices. But the angel's message shook them. And if you read the account from Matthew 28 and verses 5 to 10, three times the word comes up, don't be afraid or fear not. I think you and I, if we came into contact with somebody who died and and had risen again, you would say, that is an awesome thing. That is an awesome thing. But the angel's message, and I'm, I'm sure that the, uh, God has a great sense of humor when you think of the crushing power of Rome, that these guards fall as dead men, and the angel is just there sitting on the stone. Can you picture it? And the angel says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The second sentence I want to give you is this that they heard that he was alive. You have that in in verse 6. Let me just read it to you. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Let's try to stay there 
for a moment, even though Jesus said he would rise again, they really didn't expect it. It's a bit like, I've never bought a lottery ticket, but it's a bit like people who do, they sort of hope, but don't really believe that it will ever happen to them. It's a bit like that. They didn't really believe. And yet here they have an, account, an encounter with the living Lord Jesus. Even though he said he would, they didn't expect it. And the angel now invites them into the tomb. Into the tomb. And what do they say? Come and see. Come and see. One of the good things about coming to church at Easter is this. You can come and see. See for yourself. Listen to God's word. Hear the evidence of people whose lives have been changed. Come and see. Come and see. And then it's followed. And this is, this is the sheer joy of being part of a Christian community. Is this, okay, so that you come and see. And it is always followed by, now then, you go and tell. You go and tell. You see it in verse 7? Come and see for yourself, then go quickly and tell. Here's the interesting thing. Tell the men. You may well ask on the first Easter morning, where were they? The, the women were the last at the cross, the, uh, the first at the resurrection. The first evangelists of the church were women. And it seemed to these disciples like an idle tale. Don't be afraid. Come and see. Go and tell. And the last sentence that we have here is this. And this completes this. This is what makes Easter what it is. They met the living Jesus personally. They met him personally. So in verses 8 to 10, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. What two contrasting emotions. Afraid, filled with joy. And they ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. Greetings. They worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Go to Galilee. There they will see me. And so begins the unfolding drama of the living Christ who comes to people personally, just where we are. The Easter challenge is a very powerful one. But it's, it's powerful in this sense that it is so practical. If the angels had said, okay, let's have a discussion. Let's talk about it. Or may I even say, let's pray about it. Let's think. Don't do anything hasty. The contrast to that couldn't be greater. Jesus says, go quickly and tell. Tell what you know. They didn't know much. They knew enough. And those of us who have had an encounter with the Lord Jesus know enough, we know enough to share with others the good news that Jesus is alive. You see, this is the point. In Easter, he comes to you. And to you. And to you. And to me. He comes to us. And the big danger, I suppose, up to 2,000 years, is this. That the Christian faith is just theory. It's, yes, it's in the good book. That's where it is. It's in the Bible. It's in the book. 
But it stays there. It's a theory, or it's a fact, but it's dormant, like a sleeping giant. You must get this Jesus into your life, into your heart. You must believe for yourself. You have to believe for yourself. You may have people like these women who are diligent and spiritual and thoughtful and persistent. You still have to believe for yourself. You may have had parents who prayed for you, friends who talked to you, but you have to believe for yourself. You have to. So it's not surprising that a second time in this wonderful story, in verse 9 it says, Go and tell. Go and tell them. It is not a secret society. But here is a community of people who share the good news that Jesus is alive. And this is the challenge, isn't it? That the women who were to leave the cross, the last there, were the first at the tomb. And the final word for us, as in a moment we're going to sing our triumphant song of Easter, greetings or grace. And so there's a community of people who not only greet one another with grace, as we were briefly doing that, not just at Easter, but to know that it is truly amazing, transforming in its power and its impact on our lives. So there it is. It's so wonderful and it's so gloriously simple. The women thought Jesus was dead. They had cause to. And the angel said, in the face of death, don't be afraid. They heard that he was alive. And the invitation, come and see for yourself. They met Jesus personally. And thereafter, 2,000 years later, people are going to talk about Jesus, that he's alive. Go quickly. And when we go, he meets us and he says, grace, grace, grace. That's the story.